Grace to you in peace and welcome. You're listening to Second on the Mount, a podcast of sermons from Second Presbyterian Church in beautiful Roanoke, Virginia. My name is Ben Brannan, Associate Pastor for Youth and Young Adults. And each week it is our hope that from the pulpit, God will twist and mold our words to land upon the listener's ears in a meaningful way that will inspire faith, encourage hope, and cultivate love in action. Thanks for tuning in. We're so glad you're here with us. Please subscribe and share, and I pray that through our words, you may grow closer to God. Would you pray with me? Grant that the words in my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts might be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We turn once more to God's word to us. We turn to Ephesians chapter 6. And the letter of Ephesians is written while Paul is in prison. Bound in chains, guarded by Roman soldiers, Paul uses that current setting as imagery to illustrate how the Christian, how the church, is to be equipped to face the evils of the world, equipped to face the darkness, the present darkness, with great goodness, a great goodness that is required to stand up and stand firm against the evil powers of the world where the church is growing in the first century context, growing yet struggling. And so our reading is from Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 20. Listen to God's word then and God's word now. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth across your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As for shoes, for your feet put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me, so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. 
Pray that I may declare it boldly as I must speak. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. For me, it is difficult to read this text and not want to jump right into the battles we face today. Not how Paul is preaching, but by meeting violence with violence. To be honest, the recent news of Colombia and Afghanistan has challenged me in the ways of Pauline battle tactics. There is persistent and almost overwhelming darkness that is present in our world today. Colombia's civil unrest was thought to be declared over in 2016 when a peace treaty was signed between opposing sides. And this unrest began way back in the 60s, and for years, everyday life was marked by bombings, kidnappings, and assassinations. They agreed to to stop the fighting and form a post-war court in an attempt to find the truth about the more than 220,000 deaths, 22,000 kidnappings for ransom, and the years of captivity and imprisonment of leaders and civilians of both sides. But as the court digs up truth, divisions continue to erode progress because what truth can be trusted? And the recent news coming from Afghanistan is hard to digest. We read the horrific coverage that women are being killed for not wearing the proper attire that the Taliban demands. Yet the Taliban leadership tells us that they are fighting for women's rights. They want a country where women are applauded and not abused, respected, not reduced. And we witness the photos of suffering and confused children being lifted over the Cabal airport barricades to safety, yet these children are crying out to their parents not knowing that safety is only found in the arms of a stranger or in jam-packed airplanes headed to a foreign land. All they want is to be with their parents, to be with their mom and dad. And all mom and dad want is for their child to be safe. The sights and sounds of this most present darkness and over the past two decades in that region are almost too overwhelming. Our battle certainly seems to be against blood and flesh and against rulers and authorities of evil. And to quote alongside the psalmist, how long, O Lord? How long? Even more, we read of the devastation in Haiti. The recent magnitude 7.2 earthquake violently shook the country two weekends ago, which added to the devastation of the already impoverished country still reeling from the recent presidential assassination and continued recovery from a previous earthquake more than a decade ago. How long, O Lord, must your people suffer? We find forces of evil in our own backyard. Polarization and division have become part of our identity recently. We have camped in like-minded communities, pointing fingers at the other, blaming those people for the suffering in our nation. What is our right as as an American versus our right as a human being, a fellow human being? Are they the same or different based on ethnicity, status, or ability? 
And how do individual rights coexist with our right to care for one or to be a neighbor to each other? And the news of the rising COVID cases here in our country and around the world, the pandemic is still among us and we're all in this battle together, but the ways in which we are to combat this virus often lead to another divisive discussion. It all feels so overwhelming at times. And the battles continue against fires and floods, droughts and hunger and equality, isolation, racism, addictions, global warming, and even the mental evils that have crept into our everyday lives with the personal struggle. Overwhelming indeed. O oh Lord, how long must I cry out for help and you do not answer? And the Apostle Paul writes to a church while he and they are experiencing struggles. Paul writes from prison, dealing with his own struggles of isolation and captivity, among other things that come with being a Roman prisoner. The church of the first century had its struggles. Division as well crept into the foundation of the church. Again, the question is, what truth is truth? The rise of the Roman power and ambitious dominion of those in power broke the social union of all creation, the divinely creative union. Man was pitted against man, class divided from class, nation from nation, ideology from ideology, Jew and Gentile, pagan from God-fearing. There was war among nations, within nations, among communities, within communities and villages. Heavy taxes expanded the gaps and favored the elite, pushing the poor further and further down. Patriarchy that placed all power in the hands of males forced labor as well. Ideologies that claim divine blessing only on those in power. And the letter Paul writes was meant to combat this dividing force of evil and celebrate the found unity in Christ. For without Christ, there is only disunity and harmony. It was common belief that the disharmony extended into the heavenly places between the powers of good and evil, that there was a literal cosmic war going on between God and demons. And worst of all, there was disharmony between God and humans, disharmony between the creator and the created. And again, as the list of struggles go on, there's division in the inner places of the self, a struggle between what is good and what is evil, what is right and wrong. Paul writes to an estranged people facing many problems. So what are they to do? How are they to fight these things present in their world, the present darkness? Well, Paul tells them to get one thing straight to begin with. We are not fighting against blood and flesh. Our battle is bigger and deeper than that. We are not fighting against that Roman soldier or this foreign legion. Think bigger, Paul says. Our battle is against the systems that continue to herald foreign occupation and oppression. Our battle is against the authorities who make the declarations that pit community against community. We are fighting the deep essence of sin and evil. 
We are fighting the injustice that keeps a man like me, Paul, in jail for preaching the good news of a new kingship, a new kinship that binds us together in the kingdom of God. We are fighting against the evil that binds me in chains for including Gentiles in this kingdom, that calls Gentiles and Jews one body in Christ. We are fighting against the evils of the world that hunt those who follow this new way of living, a new way of living marked by service to the other in love and through love. We're fighting the evils in love, not service to the throne in fear. Church, Paul says, we are fighting for the truth that is mysterious, a truth that unifies us by the gift of grace, a truth that claims us beloved in the midst of sin, a truth that calls us to pray for those who persecute you, to give those to who ask and require nothing in return. This is not the truth that the world has claimed. It is a truth that calls us to place the sword back into the sheath, and fight with the word of the Spirit. And Paul continues as we step onto this battlefield, equipped with mercy and love, pray and pray and pray some more. For me, for yourself, for all in the faith, so we may stand firm and boldly proclaim the gospel to all nations. Looking through our window today, in a world in which we live, a world that seems to be falling apart, it all may seem too overwhelming. Yet we see glimpses of the beauty and goodness of God, as we just witnessed in the waters of baptism. How am I to right the wrongs of the world? Who am I to right the wrongs of the world? Well, friends, we witnessed it just now, that you are God's beloved child, redeemed by grace, given the power and strength of the Holy Spirit, so you stand up. You stand up and stand firm in the knowledge that death does not have the final say. You stand up and fight for the goodness of all humanity, an innate goodness from the beginning of time that you were created in. You stand up and dress for heavenly success now. You throw off the wicked ways of the world, take off the garments of greed and malice, anger and wrath. We are made new in Christ. We have been given new clothes through baptism. Put on humility. Put on gentleness. Put on compassion and forgiveness. Forgiveness for yourself and forgiveness to the other. Stand up to the sins of the world and be protected by the full armor of God. Stand up and fasten across your waist the belt of truth, a truth that can withstand trials and struggles because it is an everlasting truth of love. Stand up and speak. 
Speak the truth in love. Stand up and protect your hearts with the breastplate of righteousness, which protects yours and our core identity made known in Christ. Stand up and lace on your feet the shoes that will make you quick and nimble to continually proclaim the gospel of peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding. Stand up and be protected by the shield of faith, a shield that blocks the false teachings of this world, a shield that forever expands to include those sisters and brothers in the faith standing beside us. Stand up and put on the helmet of our salvation, of your salvation, a helmet that reminds us that our salvation is not logical. It is a free gift given by God in grace, and it is unmerited and unearned. So stand up. Stand up, and we do not fight with the blades of the sword, but with the sword of the Spirit. We fight with the Word of God. And it is in the Word of God that tells us Jesus and Paul passed on to their disciples a collective and historical understanding of the nature of sin and evil against which individuals must continue to stand up and stand firm and fight and resist. You see, Jesus and the prophets preached to judge the city, the nation, the systems first, not the individual. So it is not a battle against the blood and flesh. Humanity is flawed, yes. But the question for today is our collective sin. Rebuke the sin and condemn the actions, not the individual. So we stand up to the discrimination that claims one race superior than the other. We stand up to the distribution of wealth that expands socioeconomic gaps. We stand up to the cultural beliefs that claim worth is only calculated in likes and shares. And the idea that beauty is only found in certain bodies, we stand up. Because we stand up in the truth of love made known in Jesus Christ. And we are equipped to stand up and stand firm against whatever happens in this world. And as we joined a new member in the body of Christ this morning, we do not go at it alone. We are bound together in one body. The one body of Christ shielded, protected, strengthened by the gift of the Spirit. It is true, it's easy to feel overwhelmed at times. But there is so much goodness to be found in this world. We know how the ultimate story ends. But it is God's to finish to write. We are just a part of this chapter. So in the meantime, as we head out to face whatever we encounter each day. We have been given new ways to wage war. We have the weapons of peacemaking, prayer, and the gift of our salvation. We have the armor of faith, taking comfort in God's word and gaining strength in the prayers that have been prayed throughout the generations the generations that have also watched the world with anxious and lament-filled hearts. We have the weapon of a love that is revolutionary. 
A love that is brave enough to see no stranger. A love that sees the other as a connected part, not yet known. So we stand up and stand firm. And as one pastor puts it, remember, evil hates good. So create good wherever you are. You may not change the world, but you will change the world in which you stand. And that is enough for now. To God be the glory. Amen. Second Presbyterian, finding direction by following Jesus.